Welcome to the Wednesday, May 7th. Oh, no. Friday, May 19th, five minute crypto update. Got a lot to cover today. So let's just get it on. Bitcoin is ranging around 26,800. ETH is holding at about 1,800. And the up coins this week include a Pepe bounce and liquid staking derivatives. LSD seem to be doing well. I just want to give a shout out to my friend Luke, who apparently listens to the pod. He and Steven have both been guests on 2D Gens, and they run a Web3 gaming fund. So what's going on in crypto land? Well, the first resource we have is a Coindesk piece that talks about Tether and their recent attestations. This, again, is not an audited statement, but this is just them coming out and saying how much they have on their balance sheet. And remember when we mentioned they own one and a half billion in Bitcoin? Well, actually, it turns out it's part of a larger strategy. Tether has now publicly stated they're going to use up to 15% of their realized profits to buy corn. In Q1 of this year, they made $1.5 billion of net profits, so that would be more than $200 million of Bitcoin that they'd be buying, which is comparable or more than MicroStrategy is currently buying. So that's quite interesting. Uh, next, we have some new Ledger controversy, and this is not the first time that Ledger has been in the hot light. I think at least twice in the past, Ledger has suffered security breaches of personal information, and I definitely don't use Ledger just because of that. But... This new thing is they pushed a new feature called shared security, where essentially your ledger hardware seed phrase, the key to your device, the master key, is separated into three pieces, it's encrypted, and then it's sent to three separate companies for security, ledger itself, coin cover, and escrow tech. I have no idea about those second two. Uh, So if you lose your master key, then through these three companies, they will help you piece it back together and you can recover your funds. And crypto Twitter just hated it, absolutely shat on it. And like I said, just because in the past Ledger has lost customer data, including, I think, names and addresses, uh, I wouldn't use Ledger because of that. And this is just, for me, further confirmation. Next, we have an analysis from ZeroXJPEG on Miladies, which has been doing well in a broader NFT bear market. They've been a spotlight. So they're currently trading around a 5 ETH floor price. Elon has even tweeted memes that feature Miladies. And on DeFi Llama, they're the third most traded collection in the last seven days behind only the board and mutant apes. And just a few highlights from 0xjpeg's thread. He says, I found that when unique holders go up over time in accordance with the floor price, that is a sure tell sign of a strong NFT community. He also says, the average holding time is the same as BAYC, Board Ape Yacht Club, but Milady have been around for 300 days less in comparison. And Milady numbers blow Azuki's out of the water in terms of the average holding time. So it's an interesting collection for sure as a PFP. I personally don't own any, but they have a very strong identity and they've had a lot of recent momentum. Okay, next we have a Twitter thread from a person named Zakai Mill, and he shares a bit about this new NFT technology standard called ERC-6155, which I also think is very exciting. And he's just got an explainer around what it is, why it's interesting. The TLDR essentially is that it lets NFTs act like crypto wallets. So now you can actually have an NFT itself receive, store, and send tokens. And they're going to be called token-bound accounts or TBAs for short. It opens a whole lot of features for NFTs. For one, they can act directly with smart contracts instead of it needing to be the wallet that's uh, that holds the NFT that's interacting with the smart contract. And now if you sell an NFT, 
It can come with the tokens that are associated with it. I think it's really exciting, and this is why we keep building even in a bear market. Next, we have Abu Dhabi joining Bitcoin Mining's Globalization March. The country is developing a giant Bitcoin mining operation in partnership with Marathon Digital and Zero Two. It's going to have a capacity of 250 megawatts. I think that's just for starters, and it's going to grow after that. For context, global Bitcoin mining capacity is about 100 terawatts. So that's maybe like one quarter of 1%. A small but notable milestone, the total value of customers' crypto holdings on PayPal and Venmo, Venmo is owned by PayPal, has neared $1 billion. And about 50% of that, or $500 million, is Bitcoin, 36% is Ether, which means 14% is the other list of altcoins that uh, PayPal and Venmo support. All right, so if you've been hearing about Solana's new phone, there's a thread that talks about a person's experience using it. And just wanted to share some highlights here. They say, I can honestly say that if you give this to an Android user, they wouldn't even notice a difference. One main selling point of the Saga, which is the name of the phone, is its Seed Vault, a secure wallet. Before confirming any transaction from the Seed Wallet, you need to use your fingerprint twice and confirm a special prompt. So I think it's really interesting. I am bullish on Solana. I think it's good to have a completely different ecosystem from Ethereum. They're doing a lot of experimentation there, and they also have gone through some difficult times. And if the community survives, the tech survives, the teams keep building, it's always a good sign for the future. The phone's also going to have a Solana DAP store, and it costs around Now some more interesting Bitcoin stats from Blockware Intelligence. Blockware has a really great newsletter. And just to share a few highlights from their newsletter, they say 67.5% of Bitcoin has not moved in one or more years. At a typical hosting rate today, the new gen Bitcoin ASICs, that's the miners, they require about $15,000 worth of energy to produce one Bitcoin. And so right now, Bitcoin is trading around $26,000, $27,000. So that's a, what, 40% profit margin, pretty healthy numbers, but that's only for variable costs for the electricity costs. It's not including the fixed costs of the infrastructure, the cost of the equipment itself, and so on. The other interesting thing that Blockware has noted is that correlation with the S&P 500 index has started to fall, especially during the recent U.S. banking crisis for a little bit of NFT news. Everyone's favorite NFT penguins, the Pudgy Penguins, they've raised 9 million. It's a round led by 1KX, Big Brain, and Kronos Research. And the Penguins NFT collection, they're a PFP collection of 8,888 penguins. It's very lucky in Asian numbers. Um, they've got 4,600 unique owners. They launched in 2021 and they were acquired in April 2022 by a serial entrepreneur named Luca Netz. Uh, he made a public offer for 750 ETH and the Penguins team accepted. And since then, they've been doing quite well. Luca has really been pushing them on the partnerships and marketing front. And I used to own a couple of Penguins, but I, I think I sold them. 
Okay, just a few more quick items here. One is from BlockWorks. They're talking about how the U.S. Department of Justice, that's basically like the legal police department of the federal government, they have told politicians that any donations they receive from FTX or SBF or related parties, all of that whole scam, bankruptcy debacle, the politicians, if they got donations, they need to be returned so that they can, the money can go back to customers and creditors. And also potentially that money could go to the IRS, because if you followed our our last update, the IRS sent an insane $44 billion tax bill to FTX. And apparently some congressmen and women have already returned the money. A few others said they've donated it to charity. So the status of this is, is still in question, but at least the U.S. Department of Justice, the DOJ, has made this request and it's kind of a public issue now. All right. Lastly, we've got just a good post from BitMEX. They go over the history of the Bitcoin talk forum, which is was essentially like the watering hole. It was like the crypto Twitter before crypto really moved to Twitter. And it was where all of the community, the early adopters of Bitcoin like to hang out. And I, I thought it was interesting because, well, just to highlight one thing, the Bitcoin forum, they've solicited donations in BTC. And in the past, BTC was worth a lot less. I think they've collected something like a total of six to 7,000 BTC in donations. And they still have around 1,250 BTC, which if I do the math really quickly here, that's $35 million of Bitcoin that they have that uh, that's being held by the moderators still as of this day, which is quite amazing. And um, the rest, I think they spent on developers and marketing trying to improve the forum. And I think it still gets decent usage, but clearly it's not the hub of crypto or Bitcoin community activity anymore. All right, so that's it for today. That was a bit long, just wanted to get through a lot of things. I may have talked a little bit faster in today's episode too. Links are in the show notes as usual. And you can follow at 2DGensPod on Twitter. Please subscribe, share it with your friends. And that's it for our outro clip. We've got the 1000X podcast, which is just a fun podcast between traders and market makers. It's a new favorite of mine. They're talking about institutional interest in ETH, especially because of ETH's revenue and deflation narrative. Okay, take care. Have a good weekend. There was there was a note put out by a sell-side desk on uh, on you know, ETH, uh, ETH being deflationary. And a lot of allocators are looking at that very seriously in a way that is actually quite bearish for things like Solana, even though my prior bullishness on, on, on Solana, not, notwithstanding, I'm still bullish on it short-term, mid-term, maybe less long-term because of uh, the fact that if these L1s don't generate fees in the same way and burn those fees and generate revenue for their shareholders in the same way that Ethereum does, allocators are just way less likely to come in and buy it.